This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Yeah, we made it. You're just talking. If they hate it, you know they're watching. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Presented by MyBookie and Thrive Plus. MyBookie and Thrive Plus. Live from the RentersWarehouse.com studios. Here's Jerry Bow and Josh Jordan. Nice camera action. Hello, world. Welcome in to Moneyline on a beautiful Sunday morning. And we're about to bring the bow in studio with the statistician. At Jordan PFX is where you can find him on Twitter, Josh Jordan. What's going on, Jerry? How you doing this week, my man? I'm doing great. We're getting closer to the end of the season. The, uh, the standings are starting to come a little more clear. And we got Cam in the studio. What's going on, Cam? Oh, hello, fellas. How's it going? I think from my perspective, it looks better on this side than yours because my man showed up with Pedialyte today to work. What does that tell you? <laughs> yeah, that, that tips you off. Something might have been going down last night. <laughs> and not enough Thrive Plus. Yeah. That's, that's exactly what we're missing here. Not enough Thrive Plus, too many tequilas, too many Latina honeys like my man loves. You know what, Jerry? You hit it right on the head. I'm newly uh, single, so I went out and uh, exploited it last night. And you're right. I did not uh, indulge in Thrive Plus. Therefore, I have a uh, excruciating headache, but I'm here and I'm ready to rock and roll. <laughs> I'll try and hook you up with some of that, man. I ordered some the other day. I'll tell you all about it. I had mine last night, so I feel good for the show today. Let's rock and roll together. 713-780-3776. If you want to get any questions fantasy-wise, gambling-related, anything your heart desires on this Sunday morning, or you can tweet us at Moneyline975, and we'll get to all your questions as quickly as possible. Also, we'll have Josh ADHD on like we have him on every single week, third segment. Line up the calls, line up all your questions, 713-780-3776. We'll get it going. Yeah, no doubt about it. We love having Josh on. We bounce you know, all the daily stuff off of him, kind of put our DraftKings lineups together. Uh, I did pretty well. I was telling Jerry before the show, I, I won a little bit of money on DraftKings this week. It really paid off for me. I Going with a slightly different strategy, not getting my head kicked in in these giant tournaments as much. So that's definitely been good for me. Let's And we'll get into that a little bit later because it's something that needs to be talked about. Jumping in whenever you log in. for There's a reason that they have that million maker on the very top of the list, right? Because they want to get it filled. They want you to live on that dream. It's a pipe dream, though, because the odds of that are extremely, extremely, extremely small of taking one of those down. You can have a great, great lineup, and you'll double up your money, and you're thinking like, wow, man, if I would have stuck this lineup in a uh, field of 100 people, I would have cashed big. And that's what Josh and I have been talking about, and just hitting the double ups. It's just like uh, money management, like how we use in the gambling world. Go in there, if you, if whatever percentage of your bankroll, don't use your whole bankroll that you have on there every week, obviously, and, and out of that bankroll, you got to micromanage that and say, hey, if I'm using 100 of my 500 that I have on, uh, that 100, I'm going to use 80 of it on cash games, 50 50, 50 double ups and then maybe 20% 15% on the actual trying to hit the big one because the last thing you do want to do is hit the big one and have it just in a double up you'll be sick <laughs> yes. but at the same time you'll be a lot 
more sick on a consistent basis if you find yourself entering these lineups that do extremely well. All you have to do is be half the field. Yes, that's it. you got to beat half the dudes in there or, or chicks, whoever's playing, and you take them down. You have a good lineup, you win. Or like you said, if you – if you have a like a really good lineup, but it's not great, you're not going to cash in in one of those big tournaments. That's just kind of the way it works. So, and maybe we should get into some of those guys that that had the big weeks last week for us that made us a little bit of money, some some fantasy cash from last week. So, uh, for me, two guys that I had both in both my lineups that, that won. Aaron Jones and Leonard Fournette. We've been waiting for Fournette all year, and he finally came through. 100 total yards, two touchdowns. He caught five passes last week. Wow. You know, like, you don't think of Fournette catching five balls, but he did. And Aaron Jones, he was great last week, and then this week on Thursday night. Man, that catch in the end zone that he made. Man, Aaron Jones, he's a must-start guy now. So if, if you stuck with him, good for you, and you didn't cut him early in the year, roll with him because he's going to keep producing. And someone I stuck with all year, David Johnson, yeah. obviously you weren't ever going to drop them but you started getting a little scared wondering where is the offense going to go now left which is in command and johnson 37.3 points uh, 21 rushes 98 yards and he also had 85 yards receiving and a score that's what we've been looking for nine targets nine from a running back it's time to eat again johnson owners it is and i have him actually when we do flexi the segment a little later in the show david johnson's one of my plays for this week uh he's playing the raiders my write-up for him this week is he's playing the raiders that is all that 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 is that is my analysis for him this week so i think you go with david johnson you play him this week he's got a great matchup he's catching the ball so keep rolling with him he may be a guy where he kind of hurts you at the beginning of the year but he might help you come playoff time i like it now, who was somebody that you consider some trash because there was quite a few players that underperformed last week? Epic fails. <laughs> yeah, a lot of epic fails. Kenyon Drake, terrible. Didn't come through for me. That that really disappointed me. Um, Josh Gordon wasn't awful. He was my put-your-name-on-it-last-week. I think he had over 80 yards and four catches, so not terrible, but I was expecting 100 yards and a touchdown, and, and from what I saw, I think he broke a finger at some point in that game, and after that, he was just dropping passes left and right. So like he, in like the first two minutes of the game, he had like 60 yards receiving, and then it was just diminishing turns after that, uh, diminishing returns after that. So yeah, Josh Gordon, a little disappointing last week, but he didn't kill you. Four catches, you know, 80 yards, that, that probably didn't make you lose your week yeah no and and some of these players as long as they don't lose your week yeah but they have the opportunity to win it how about you uh, cam how's your teams doing so far uh pretty good you know i got one team that's clearly out of it as they're uh two and seven but that's the league that i was talking about that uh has a clear um i made a huge trade in the off season, <laughs> for uh, it's a keeper league. So what I basically did was I packaged uh, Todd Gurley and my boy Mike Evans, and uh, I packaged it away for uh, for Melvin Gordon and Brandon Cooks and Nick Chubb because in this league wow. you uh, you can't keep more than one uh, first round draft pick, and wow. all three of those players that I got they're not first round draft picks, so I can look towards the future. And then in two other leagues, I'm making the playoffs. I will tell you though, uh, I'm a little uh, disappointed in Cam Newton. I know he's ranked six, um, but the last couple weeks he's been kind of disappointing for me. And uh, the same thing what you were saying, Josh, was uh, Kenyon Drake. Yeah. I mean, dude was averaging like 15 points and then five and six the last two weeks. Um, Can't stop a 35-year-old Frank Gore, I guess. Dude, the Methuselah of football. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. But, yeah, so that that's kind of my trash was Kenyon Drake because I've been kind of leaning on him because I've kind of went towards the wide receiver route this year instead of the running back, so... 
That's interesting. Um, for me, running backs have really been crushing it. I have a league where I have James Conner, <laughs> Kareem Hunt, and Alvin Kamara. Ooh, so yeah, good. yeah, those are my. And I'm is that the one from last year that you had those players right? Because yeah. I remember last season you would talk about it, and I'm like, man, how do yeah. how would you get those guys? That's my keeper league team, and you know I've, I ended up flipping. I had Le'Veon Bell, and I ended up flipping him for Kareem Hunt about three or four weeks into the season, and I'm feeling really good about that now that I guess the world knows. You know, Le'Veon Bell, he's not coming back this year, so everybody that has James Conner, you got to be feeling pretty good about that. Looks like he's going to be the dude going forward. Andrew, talk to us about some injuries, man. Breaking news. News flash. What's up, guys? Uh, not a whole lot this week. It's a pretty light week in terms of injuries, which is always a good thing. You know, it's, all, it's always good to see as many guys out on the field as possible. At quarterback, we've got some decently big news. Joe Flacco, they're calling him doubtful, but he's for sure going to be out. It's not season-ending, so he'll probably play again this season If uh, as long as the wheels don't completely fall off and they're still competing for a playoff spot. Expect to see Joe Flacco back out there at some point. But Lamar Jackson is going to start in his place this week. And don't be surprised if you see Robert Griffin out there for a bit as well. He was the only Robert Griffin III was the only quarterback out there on Thursday, which is, in terms of pregame practice for Sunday, the most important day. That's when they're implementing a lot of the stuff. So I wouldn't be shocked if you see both Lamar Jackson and uh, RG3 out there at running back, James Conner, he's going to be active. He got a concussion last week, but he had a full practice Wednesday through Friday, so he's going to be good to go. Nice. Joe Mixon, he had some, he had a little knee issue. He was limited on Thursday practice. People got a little bit worried, but he was a full on Friday, so he's good to go. Peyton Barber for the Bucks, he's going to be good to go as well. Chris Thompson is out. Capri Bibbs is active, and Adrian Peterson is active. So Adrian Peterson, yet again, is going to get the majority of the touches. Now, if they fall behind to the Texans... It's going to be a sticky situation with AP. We've seen in the past where as long as they're playing from ahead, he's going to get plenty of the touches. He's going to have a pretty decent game. But if they're playing from behind, they don't really know what to do. That's a good point. And their offensive line is banged up. Oh, right they are very banged up. He's, uh, I, would, I would stay away from AP uh, today at least. At wide receiver, A.J. Green is doubtful uh, with the toe. He's not going to play. And that means Tyler Boyd should see plenty of action for the Bengals. Torrey Smith is out. Marvin Jones Jr. is out. And then that's, a, that's all I got for the guys that are uh, for sure right now. So I'll be back with the uh, questionable guys uh, after the top of the hour. All right. Thanks, Andrew. Man, that's interesting. So, yeah, not, not too much on the injury front. I'm, I'm going to ask Andrew about Sammy Watkins. He's a guy that he practiced limited a little bit this week, and then I think they downgraded him later in the week. And the, the yeah. problem with Sammy is it's Monday Night Football. It's tough. Yeah. You know, so you better have another option in that game if you want to wait on him. So I'm in a league where, like, I think I'm going to have to start Calvin Ridley just because I don't know if Watkins is going to go. So, you know, that's something you got to keep in mind, guys. Always check when those games are. You don't want to get caught with nobody to start on Monday night. Let's take this caller real quick before we hit our first break. Tyler, what's going on? You're on Moneyline. What's up, fellas? How we doing? Good. Good, man. Good. Hey, uh, I just wanted to call. I had a couple uh, gambling questions for you. I already punched my plays in today, um, and, and I know it was a little early. I should have ran it by you, man, but I'm liking the, uh, the Steelers, minus six and a half. And the Texans were plus money at three and a half. So I just wanted to see if that was a trap line or, or see what you thought about that. I also wanted to uh, go over the Cowboys and the Falcons, uh, see what you thought about that. And you know, if you had any prop bets for the Texans, maybe uh, DeAndre Hopkins over six and a half catches, man. Just wanted to see what you guys thought, man. Hope you all have a great week. Good talking to you all. All right. Thanks, Tyler. 
What do you think, Jerry? Uh, if I guess first uh, with the Steelers game this week, he asked about that one. A lot of people, a lot, a lot of people are betting the Steelers. They're the third most lopsided bet of the week. 68% of the bets are coming in on them. It scares me some, though, because we saw last year that that defense has their number. They beat them twice last year. People thought that the Steelers were going to bounce back in a revenge spot, and they did the complete opposite in that in that uh, in that playoff game. Now, is this the same Jaguars off a team that we played last that they played last year? Is that the same team that they have? Is Bortles in favorable situations? This team, this game will be dictated on the pace of the game. If the game breaks open, obviously, then you'll have Jaguars in a bad spot. But one of my plays this week, and I'm going against the team that I go for, is Jacksonville. This is the prime spot that a team like this. Pittsburgh Steelers, they get fat and happy, man. They uh, yeah. they get complacent. Yeah, coming off the big night, Monday, uh, Thursday night win, extra rest. They're sitting at home feeling themselves. They're back into the contention talk of the Super Bowl. You know, everyone has them going on. And, and this is exactly where Vegas slaps you in the head and because everybody, it seems too easy. When something seems so easy. Now, six points, six and a half, he even said. Flip, does this make sense to you? Six Point underdog at home, six and a half. Add three points on a neutral field. So on a neutral field, you're telling me Jacksonville's nine and a half. And then if they were in Pittsburgh, you'd give up 12 and a half points with the Steelers. If that's a bet you were willing to make, then go ahead and punch in the Steelers right now. But if that doesn't make any sense to you, would you give up 12 and a half points in Pittsburgh today if these teams were facing off? If that makes no sense to you, then back up and, and not play it at all or rearrange some things and, and, and start looking at Jacksonville as a bet because I will have them as a bet. All right, that's good, and I know we're up against it, but let's hit the Texans just quickly. I believe he said three and a half. I'm seeing it at, at three. Um, what do you think about Texans at Redskins? They're getting pounded money, 79% on the money, 64% of the bets. Everyone's on the Texans. I think Washington's offensive line is the key here, all the injuries, and I, I don't see how they're going to have any kind of time. I see it as an ugly game, though, and I hate to lose by uh, in a 19-17 type of game and you're giving up three points. If you're going to bet it, take the Texans money line, but I rather have the under and i'm gonna tease that i won't get into it too far but that's one of my bets today okay and finally i believe a six and a half over under on on hopkins receptions today i think he goes over he's the second most uh most expensive receiver in dfs so that's a good look i i think he's matchup proof by this point and that washington defense they're all, they're pretty overrated to me they've had some favorable um opponents to start the year but whenever they've played good passing offenses as the, as the texans have been running i'm or wrecking it so I see this, like I said, 19-17, type game. I see it going under. I see Hopkins will get those uh, will get those receptions. All right. There you have it. Hopefully uh, that helped you out there, guys. Uh, we'll be right back. We're up against a break. You're listening to Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. say Twitter. Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at Moneyline975. This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5. Charlie Brown, thanks. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the RentersWarehouse.com studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline. 
Thanksgiving's on the horizon, and we uh, we want to let you in on our dinner table, our our, our think, giving thanks to what we call the fantasy world. And today we have a few people here enjoying this moment with us. We do. This is our little Moneyline Thanksgiving table. We have some lovely dishes, some mac and cheese, a, a great turkey, a nice Thanksgiving ham, maybe some mashed potatoes. And uh, maybe we should relate some of these great dishes to some of our favorite fantasy players from this year. So for me, let's say Devontae Adams is my macaroni and cheese. He is one of the best dishes. He leaves you full and feeling good after you eat it. It's fantastic. He gives you fantasy points every week. He's been a second-round pick. That guy's been incredible this year. You just start him, and you don't think about it. And did it again on Thursday Night Football. So I'm going to say Devontae Adams is my macaroni and cheese. He's been fantastic this year. He is the glue that holds my fantasy team together. Well, I don't know whose idea this was, but who brings pig feet to a Thanksgiving <laughs> dinner. Is that pick feet or are those Andrew's toes? Well, <laughs> the pick feet of this season has been Le'Veon Bell because I know a lot of people can relate. And if you drafted him and failed to pick up James Conner, you're looking outside in right now just seeing people enjoy these big, big performances while you're starving, basically. I'll, uh, I'll say that the pick feet of this Thanksgiving dinner has to be Le'Veon Bell. How do the, how are the roles coming along, uh, Cam? The rolls are uh, perfectly toasted with the perfect amount of butter. But you know, for me, fellas, I really like the potatoes. The Being potatoes. an Irishman, I really <laughs> like my potatoes. I also like a good slow-smoked turkey. Um, but for me, it's Adam Thielen. Yeah. Bless you, Adam Thielen. Bless you with a thousand Latina wives. <laughs> if it wasn't for you, I'd be 0-3 for my teams in the playoffs. So thank you. I'll pass it to Andrew. <laughs> what do you got, Andrew? The macaroni and cheese of the family. Well, guys, this stuffing looks absolutely fantastic, so I'm going to dig right in. Oh, it's so good. It's Eric Ebron. Ooh, ooh. Eric Ebron. He's, you know, he, he was found money this year. I wasn't expecting too much from him, but man, he sure has delivered for me. He's truly been a blessing. <laughs> he really has. You know, when that's like the tray of food that comes into Thanksgiving, you're not so sure about. Like, oh, I don't know, green bean casserole. And then you take a bite and you're like, wow, Eric Ebron. All right, that's delicious. You've been fantastic this year. <laughs> thanks, Aunt Sally. Yeah, thanks, Aunt Sally. You're not so bad after all. Hector, what, what do you got for us this week? Well, um, what I would say is... My turkey, Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley. I'm so glad that I got him and not Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> yes. Because I'm actually in contention this year. There you go. Yeah, talk about a main course right there, Todd Gurley. Everybody's nice and full and happy after some Todd Gurley on your fantasy team. And for the dessert here, I just want to talk about the teams that are covering left and right. We, we have to love <laughs> yes. that. And the way that these overs are playing, the average score this year has been 48 and a half points. Four points up from last year, 44 and a half. All the gamblers are rejoicing. You know me, the Bookie Buster family. You rarely see an under. If you see an under posted, check to see, make sure it was me because I like to play over. So I just wanted to give a thanks and eat this big piece of hum, humble, pie, humble pie as we uh, celebrate the 70% winners that we've had so far this year. Thank you. Yeah, it, it, that is something to be thankful for. 70% winners, Jerry. Good job, my man. And uh, the Flexi segment has been really good so uh i must be living right because we're we're giving a lot giving out a lot of winners every week and uh 
Those are some of those guys that we've mentioned have kind of carried us, haven't they? They've been fantastic. And that's been the Thanksgiving dinner here at the Moneyline Show. Thank you for joining us on this special, special occasion. We're glad that you were able to come into our home, our studio, and enjoy the pleasantries of this holiday. And uh, remember to always give thanks to your offensive coordinators and coaches. <laughs> no doubt about it. And if you guys have any fantasy players that could be Thanksgiving dinners, entrees, desserts perhaps feel free to call in 713-780-3776 or at moneyline 97.5 you can tweet the show and by the way guys it doesn't have to be just about thanksgiving if you have any kind of fantasy questions any gambling questions for us definitely hit us up we'll try and get to all those and we have fantasy adhd coming up in our next segment 713-780-3776 let's knock out a few games before we get to them that'll be next segment so let's get to popping all right let's do uh let's get into this carolina detroit game here not exactly the most exciting matchup i would say because detroit's been pretty bad the last few weeks matthew stafford's having some trouble getting any kind of protection um what do you think with this one this week? It looks like Carolina is favored on the road at about four and a half. Are you even touching this one, Jerry? It's This is a prime spot where everyone's going to be on that Carolina train thinking that Detroit's given up and they're not the team that maybe started off the year. But Vegas is beautiful for a reason. And I don't know if the Lions win this game, but a home dog, I'll take the points if I was going to bet it. It's not one of my bets, but again, I lean to the Lions and the points. There you go. And this is kind of a tough one. A lot of injuries. Marvin Jones is going to be out. So Galladay's probably going to see a lot of attention. So that concerns me a little bit. I think Carolina, I mean, they just got shellacked the other night uh, by the Steelers. So I think they're going to be a little angry, ready to bounce back. And the uh, loss, or since the trade of Tate, 16 sacks in two weeks for the Lions. I don't know if that has anything to do with him getting ball uh, rid of the ball quicker. Or I don't know what's going on because through the first seven games of the season, they were the opposite of that. And in the last two weeks, 16 sacks, 26 quarterback hits. Now, this week they play a defense that doesn't take advantage of that as the Panthers are bottom 10 in both of those categories. There you go. And Matthew Stafford's a guy that I love his matchup this week, guys. So if you need a cheap uh, daily quarterback or you're stuck on a bye week or something like that, He's a little risky, don't get me wrong, just because he's been get, he's been getting hit a lot. But Panthers are giving up a ton of fantasy points to quarterbacks, so might be worth a shot, guys. All right, moving along. Dallas-Atlanta. This one's kind of interesting. Atlanta's at home. It looks like about a three-and-a-half-point spread. They are favored against the Cowboys, but Cowboys starting to show a little sign of life ever since the Amari Cooper trade. What do you think about this one, Jerry Bowe? There's a lot of people betting the Cowboys on this one as they feel that Atlanta's defense might not be able to withhold that Cowboy offense that's rolling right now, or seems to be at least. But the truth is Atlanta's getting a little bit healthy on that side of the ball. They're getting some of their main players back. And are you really ready to go against Matt Ryan at home? Oh, man, he's been fantastic at home. You, you keep rolling with him. We talked about being thankful for how about Matt Ryan you got him probably in the ninth or tenth round and the guy's been incredible this year so I think he does it again this week what about Julio Jones you start him every week but Calvin Ridley he's a guy that I might have to play this week just because of bye weeks and some other some other things what do you think about Calvin Ridley this week I like him I mean he still continues to be a boomer bust guy you mentioned Julio back-to-back touchdowns yeah. in back-to-back weeks but the thing that people don't realize here is They are not coming on vertical. They came on screens. Both of them have come on screens, and he's had to take them to the house. And that's just, I guess, they're just getting tired of not being able to find him in the end zone. Uh, I guess 
keep using him on screen games and hope that he can break and use yards after catch. No, no doubt about it. That's It's nice to see Julio coming around. Tevin Coleman with a little bit of a letdown for us last week. We liked him because he came off that big game, and then he just he couldn't get in the end zone. But he's a guy that you know you can probably trust him this week. I, I think you can roll with him. Can we trust Cooper to keep getting these target counts, 8 and 10, NFL's 10th most air yards in the last two weeks? Can we continue to trust him as a wide receiver too? I, I To me, he's must start now going forward. You start him every week. I was on this. I you know, I first guessed this one. I knew Amari Cooper was going to do well with the Cowboys. He was getting open a lot in Oakland, but they just weren't getting him the ball. And as you've seen, Derek Carr's terrible. And I'm not saying Dak Prescott's great, but he's getting him the football. He's getting open. And then you have Zeke back there. So they can't just double down on Amari Cooper. They have to worry about Zeke. So I think every week, man, you just roll with Amari and be glad you got him. He's a guy that... You know, maybe you tried to trade for a few weeks ago. Yeah. You know, he's one of those guys. He might be a league winner for you this Especially year. Especially in weeks like this where he gets one of the best matchups out there. Atlanta's defense, third most touchdowns to wide receivers and the fifth, mo- fifth most yards per game to wideouts at what 89.8 to the unit a game. Yeah, and I'm going to have Amari Cooper a little later in my flexi column. Falcons right now allowing over 41 fantasy points per game to receivers over the last month. I'm calling the score 30-23 Falcons. There you have it, guys. So I I think we pretty much hit on that one. Let's uh, let's try and get in one more game here before we hit the break. Uh, Cincinnati against Baltimore. Now, this game was kind of off the board for a while earlier this week. Now it looks like it's up. We got, uh, let's see, it's six and a half point. Ravens are favored at home, I guess, with their quarterback situation still up in the air. What do you, this one's kind of worries me, Jerry. Where are you on this one? I'm curious to see what happens here with the offense because if people think like, hey, this is a this is a great move for that offense. Now you're going to see some electric plays and whatnot. But the truth is that Flacco was leading the league in, in attempts per game at 44. So do you really think that they're going to continue to throw that much or do they lean on a run game? Now, let's say he loses... 10, 10 uh, attempts per game. So now you got him throwing 34, and now they're talking about RG3 is going to be in there at some point. So say that Lamar maybe has 30, 31 attempts a game. He's got to get in the end zone rushing for it to make sense. And so you're, you're leaning on that. I think the winner here is Alex Collins because they're going to be yeah. relying on the run game. He's extremely cheap in the DFS world. The, the, the price hasn't caught up on him. Make sure you plug him in in some of your lineups this week because he's getting in the end zone, I believe. He's, I don't want to give away my whole column, but I really like Alex Collins this week as well, guys. I think they're going to lean on the run. So I think he's a guy for sure. He's not that expensive for daily. So try and get him in there like Jerry was saying. I think he's a really good play this week. Um, Tyler Boyd on the, the Bengals side of the ball, he's going to see a lot of attention. That's a, that's a good Baltimore secondary. Uh, I don't really feel any good about anybody on Cincinnati this week, do you? Neither do I, because if they're missing all these wide receiver guys. So now what happens? They don't have to get the, – the Baltimore defense doesn't have to be scared of that pass game so they can stack the box, and that's trouble for Joe Mixon. He's, he's used to having those running lanes when Adrian Green was in there, when the offense is rolling, when, when Andy Dalton's out there spreading the thing out. But what happens when there's nobody to fear on, that, on the offensive side? That defense is going to clamp down. They could play man on the outside and just basically – I mean, you don't even have eye for it. You have nothing. You have nothing no. in there that, that, that remotely scares you from the aerial attack. So at this point, I think they're going to stack the box. We're going to see an ugly game, and I think Baltimore ends up winning that game by about seven points. So you think they'll win by about seven? The number is six and a half. 
And Jerry, if I wanted to bet that game, you know, I'd, I'd go to my bookie. And the reason why, guys, is who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. My bookie's the online destination to get some action on any game. They're safe, reliable. They've been in business for years. And that's why Jerry and I recommend them. And also, guys, when you win, they actually pay you. That, that's kind of important, right? They have in-game betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for us fantasy guys, we can bet the over-under on how many points a fantasy player is going to have this week. So a lot of these guys in my column, uh, my flexi column I'm going to get to later, you're probably going to want to take the over on these guys because I think they're going to come through this week. So just get on your computer, your mobile phone, and Google My Bookie and get your account started. Right now, they'll match your first deposit dollar for dollar. You put in 100 they will match it, guys. You just want to use the promo code RADIO to activate the offer. So just go to MyBookie.ag. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code RADIO when you activate your account. You play, you win, you get paid. That's at MyBookie. And talking about my bookie, they got Tyler Boyd lifted, listed at 12 and a half fantasy points. We just spoke about him. We, we, we talked about how he's going to receive all these targets. Get over there right now. I'm curious to see what Josh ADHD has for us. Yep. 713-780-3776. Get the calls lined up. We'll be right back. It's Monday Line. Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at Moneyline975. Checking for the man of the year. Met man of the year. Met man of the bounce. Where I see girls everywhere. Hands, hands, hands in the air. So party over here. Checking for the man of the year. Met man of the year. Met man of the bounce. This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by Thrive Plus. Live from the RentersWarehouse.com studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline. You know what that song means. 713-780-3776. Get the calls lined up. This is our rapid fire segment with none other than the man of the the man of the week, the man of the year. My man, partner of the show, family of the show, Josh ADHD. What's going on? <laughs> Oh, man, just enjoying a little rain down here in Houston. What's up, fellas? <laughs> yeah, you'll get plenty of that in Houston, that's for sure. No doubt about it. It's It was actually nice the last couple days, but it looks like we're back to being overcast. And uh, hopefully it doesn't mean that our fantasy week is going to be overcast. Hopefully it'll be sunny and we'll get some picks right this week. Uh, I'm going to jump right in it here, Josh. I really like Dak Prescott and Daly this week. What do you think about his chances against the Falcons? I think that... Um... I think he's probably okay this week. I looked at him pretty long and hard, thinking about him for my for my daily lineup. I think that Atlanta's going to put plenty of points on Dallas, especially with Sean Lee being out. Uh, there's some data out there showing that the Dallas defense is not nearly as good defending the pass when Lee is out of the lineup. And that makes some sense because Sean Lee is their defensive coach on the field. He diagnoses so many of those plays before they can get going and then kind of breaks those up. When he's out, they don't have that guy out there. So, I think I like the Atlanta pass offense against Dallas. That means that Dak is going to be in a spot where he has to throw. So I, I dig it. There you go. A team that we know that has to throw this week is the Saints, they say, because they'll take advantage of the injuries on the Philadelphia side of the ball. 
What do you think about Breeze having that 17 and a half? As I'm looking right now, Roto Grinders, um, the ownership percentage, he's he's clearly the highest on quarterback pro- projected to be. Do you think he pays off the price? I absolutely think he does. He's got, I think, probably the best floor out of all the quarterbacks this week. And he has a high ceiling uh, or close to it if Philadelphia does their part. And I think they will. I mean, that, that both of these teams are going to be slinging the ball around. Quite a bit. I think they're going to score quite a few points in this game. So I, I really like Breeze this week. I think he's a great play. Sticking to this game, a lot of people are going to be off the Traquan Smith train uh, after, I guess, quickly jumping on and right back off. You know, when something gets you over on you like that, whenever you have some expectancy and value on them the, the previous week, people tend to get off of him quick. Do you think that he gets in the end zone or surpasses, I believe, his, uh, his yards this week in gambling is 74 yards? Do you think he could at least clear that? Wow, 74. That seems really high for Trey Quan. Especially, he doesn't get that many targets, so you're depending on a splash play from him, I think. But I think this is a good week to look at him for a tournament lineup. I definitely wouldn't use him in cash. I think the floor is zero. But I also think he's a guy that could get in the box because I, I do feel like Philadelphia try to focus all their attention on Michael Thomas. You know, it's probably a futile effort, but that should leave some looks for Traquan. Now, how many is he going to get? I don't know. I think he's going to see like maybe four or five targets. But if he scores on one of those, especially a long touchdown, then, yeah, he's going to pay off in, in bushels. Let's go to the HRMP listener line. Casino Joe, you're on Moneyline. What's up, man? Yeah, PPR League, uh, Marlon Mack, or Tyler Boyd for the flex? I think I would probably use Marlon Mack this week. At, now, I will say this, that the Tennessee defense is pretty stout, and they tend to they tend to drag the other offense down. But I like his floor, and I think I like his opportunity better than I like Boyd this week. Boyd's in a decent spot, but Baltimore's pass defense is tough, man. And without A.J. Green running alongside him, I think Boyd's going to have a tough time like he did last week. So I, I, or if I'm looking for floor, I'm going to play Marlon Mack. If I'm looking for ceiling, I'm going to play Boyd. But I think I kind of lean toward Mack. There you have it, 713-780-ESPN. Get your fantasy questions in. And let's look at tight end this week. Austin Hooper's really starting to turn it on. I pushed him last week. He came up big again. And, of course, now his, his price has gone up because he's starting to come through. Anybody that you're targeting this week at the tight end position? Oh, yeah, man. I've got quite a few guys I'm looking at. Uh, if you want to go dirt cheap, I would look at a player like Ricky Seals-Jones, mm-hmm. who is he's become part of the offense again since uh, Byron Leftwich took over as the offensive coordinator. You know, he's running, uh, I want to say, like routes on 70% of the snaps. He's getting plenty of targets. I think he saw somewhere in the neighborhood of nine targets last week against Kansas City. And I think he's in a great spot again this week. So I really like him. He's 2,900. Some folks are talking about James O'Shaughnessy from Jacksonville at 2,600. I'm not too crazy about him. I think, you know, as a punt play, I think he could do worse. Um, but I think he could certainly do better for just a couple hundred bucks more. You know, you talk about Johnny Smith for Tennessee. He's 2,700. I think he's a solid play this week. They're, they're actively making him part of the offense. He doesn't see a ton of targets, but the targets that he gets, uh, appear to be high leverage targets like red zone targets and whatnot. So I think in a week, even if he's getting you know three, four, five targets, he has a chance to get a touchdown on that volume. So I really like him. And if you want to swing for the fences on a guy, I would look at Dallas Goddard from Philadelphia for twenty six hundred. And the reason I say this is it's a if you want a very cheap part of the Philadelphia offense and what should be a high scoring game, and you want to pivot off of Ertz, who everybody will be looking at, I think Goddard's an excellent choice. As a putt play, just, you know, a tournament lineup only. I would not use him in cash, but as a player that could certainly get in the box for you this week on limited volume and 
allow you some flexibility elsewhere. And just to add the projected ownership levels, according to Roto-Grinders, Zach Ertz is projected to be the highest owned tight end, 20%. Ricky Seals, Jones, whatever uh, Fantasy ADHD just told us, it seems like a lot of people are thinking the same thing. He's projected to be the second highest at 17 and a half. Now, these other people that are under the radar, like a Goddard, 1% owned. If you can fade uh, Ertz going off on a huge game and maybe Goddard steals a couple touchdowns, you've made a huge jump on the field. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, quickly, what about the Colts tight end situation here, Josh? You know, we were thinking it was Jack Doyle, and you know, then Ebron comes out of nowhere. I, I'm guessing maybe Ebron was just a little banged up, so his targets went down a little bit. If you had to pick one guy, who do you think? Who do you like this week, and who do you like going for? They're they're priced similarly, forty three hundred and forty two hundred. Uh, what about the Colts tight ends? I like Doyle of the two. I think he's going to he's the most consistent usage. He plays almost all the snaps. And I think last week was a bit of an outlier in the production with, you know, Ebron got three scores on 12 snaps, which is just, you know, that's what, that's what we talk about running good right there. So I think going forward, I'm a Doyle guy. I do think Ebron is fine in spot, but I think you're relying on him to hit, you know, splash plays every time he's on the field, and that's just not going to happen. So for me, I, I like Doyle of those two. But while we're on Indianapolis, I want to talk about T.Y. Hilton. Because I think T.Y. Hilton is in an absolute smash spot this week. He, um, he, he's starting to see more work. I think he kind of got some squeaky wheel treatment last week against Jacksonville. Uh, I think he saw, I want to say, nine targets, so maybe ten targets, something like that. So he saw plenty of work. I think it's going to be the same case again this week. I mean, he's either going to see a Dory Jackson, who uh, Tennessee has tried to match up on top receivers recently, or it's going to be Malcolm Butler. And I think he will just totally destroy Malcolm Butler if he gets matched up on him. They're playing at home in the Dome. I think Hilton's a fantastic play this week at 6,100. I love that play. I'm, I have him in a, I'm the majority of my lineups. So uh, I'm hoping that pans out for us. Yep, 713-780-ESPN. Get your questions in, and we'll go out to Daryl. What do you got for us, Daryl? Hey, so I picked up uh, – I'm in a 10-team standard. Uh, anyways, I picked up Seals Jones uh, this morning. The second-string running back from Pittsburgh has tight end eligibility in my league, so I was wondering if that would be a better option for me. Thanks. All right, so you're talking about Jalen Samuels, and, and you said you picked up – who was the first player you picked up? Ricky Seals. Oh, you picked up Ricky Seals-Jones. I would go with Ricky Seals-Jones there. I, I, Jalen Samuels is an interesting player, but I think he's a bit thin of a play this week until we see some more usage out of him. I think he's just a total home run swing, especially in a standard league. I would stick with Ricky Seals-Jones. There you have it, 713-780-ESPN. Get your calls in, guys. Hey, Josh, quick question. So earlier we were talking a little bit about Arizona and Ricky Seals. What about Josh Rosen? He's only $4,700 on DraftKings. He's obviously playing the horrendous Oakland Raiders. What, what, do, you, what do you think about a, a, a cheap pick like that? I think that he's, uh, I think he's a decent tournament play. My only concern about Rosen is his ceiling. You know, Arizona is still not running a ton of plays. They still—it's a relatively slow-paced offense. And for Rosen to really hit, you need Oakland to do their part. And I don't know if Oakland can do their part. They're actively throwing the season, and it's—it's it's difficult to see a situation where Rosen is going to have to throw the ball forty times, and you know where he can get a thirty-point output. He doesn't run a lot. It's—it's going to have to all be passing. So, I think you're—you're um, you're really looking for this total peak situation out of Rosen, and the price is right. But I just don't know if he can get the ceiling that you need to make it work. We got a question from Twitter from Kevin Wise. P. 
PPR scoring, need two running backs and a flex out of these four. Coleman, Lindsey, Mixon, and Galladay. So which out of those three out of those four would you start? Coleman, Lindsey, Mixon, Galladay. I would start Galladay for sure, and I would probably start Coleman today. You know, we talked a little bit earlier about how the Dallas defense is not quite the same when Sean Lee is out, especially in the passing game. I think that works out well if we're talking about Kevin or Tevin Coleman in the screen game. So I think he's a good play. And Kenny Galladay, I mean, he's going to be target monster for Detroit today. They don't really have anybody else to throw the ball to outside of Theo Riddick. So I think those are my two guys. Speaking of Theo Riddick, um, let's talk running backs a little bit here. I see Theo Riddick projected as the fifth highest owned running back this week, but it seems real top heavy with David Johnson in a smash spot, Saquon Barkley as well, and Deion Lewis in what seems to be a bounce back spot. What do you have uh, as far as running backs this week? As far as who you have in your cash lineups, and who do you who should I have in some tournaments? Yeah, so cash lineup, it's definitely David Johnson. It's definitely Deion Lewis. I mean, those two guys are locked in for me. I think Saquon Barkley is in a lock spot against Tampa Bay. Uh, I really like him. Melvin Gordon again. He's in a lock spot against Denver. Denver's really bad against the run, and the that offense operates through Gordon. So I love those guys this week for tournament options. Um, I'm a bit surprised that, that Riddick is showing to be so high owned. I guess he's just a, a you know a cheap pivot for you know guys that maybe wanted to play Deion Lewis and couldn't quite get there. The, the only issue with Theo Riddick is he doesn't get any carry volume, so you're relying on him to basically play slot receiver in the running back position. And I think um, you're you're relying on him to get a touchdown. I think for him to pay off, and I'm just not crazy about that. But you know, for a tournament play at running back, I'm looking at uh, Leonard Fournette who gets a ton of usage in his offense. They're using him as an every-down, all-purpose back. They're throwing him the ball more than they did last season. He's 6,900. I think he's a great play. James Conner in the same game. I think he's a great tournament play. I think he's a great cash play. And uh, the other player I'm looking at that I think is very interesting this week is um, uh, Lindsey for Denver. He, I think he's 5,200 this week, and he's kind of in that no-man's land for running backs. You know, there's just not kind of a, a place where you're looking to spend at running back this week. So I think he's a very intriguing tournament play uh, in a game where Denver should be down. I think he'll see a little bit of extra pass volume. Both of those guys that you named, Philip Lindsay and Leonard Fournette, are top 10 in contrarian rating on Roto Grinders as well. I use it a lot to, uh, to just where people are going to be, uh, I guess, owning people and this contrarian rating is great it tells you basically if they're going to surpass i guess what uh, the the rating will be and for the, to their salary so i guess use it as a a measure to whenever you start plugging these guys in as to if you're playing cash games or tournament lineups if you're playing these tournament lineups you want guys that with a higher contrarian rating let's go back to the hrmp listener line kyle you're on all right uh I'm in a uh, 12-team standard league. Uh, I need a flex. I've got Kiki QT, Devin Funches, or Giovanni Bernard. I'll hang up and listen. Yeah, between those three guys, I would play Devin Funches. I do like QT a bit this week, uh, but I do have some concerns that um, the Houston, the Houston, de- or sorry, the Washington defense is going to slow Houston down just a little bit. Uh, I, but I think QT is an okay floor play. But you know the the um, Gosh, who's the other guy we mentioned there? Oh, yeah, Devin Funches. I think Devin Funches is in a fantastic spot this week. He he may see some various slay, but I'm not too concerned about slay. I mean, Funches is just this big dude that can go get the ball. I think Carolina's going to roll in this game. So I really like Funches to get in the box this week. There you have it. 713-780-ESPN. And let's stay on that Texans game real quick, Josh. 
a lot of people don't like Demarius Thomas this week, but I do. And I just I look at like the last month. It looks like Washington's given up almost forty five fantasy points a game to wide receivers. I know he's still kind of learning the offense, but I think Demarius Thomas is kind of a sneaky play this week. What do you think about him and Hopkins? I think I think Thomas is definitely a sneaky play. Uh, you're looking for a player that can score uh, a couple touchdowns on limited volume and with limited volume. I'm talking like six targets. Yeah. Uh, because that that offense still operates through Luke Hopkins, and I think Hopkins is an awesome play this week because he's still going to see you know twelve to fifteen targets, and it's just it's really hard to fade that any week, no matter who's running alongside him, whether it be you know Demarius Thomas or Kiki QT. It's just it's a nuke show, man. Uh, do you think uh, Josh Norman's going to spend a lot of his time with Hopkins and travel? Or do you think he'll maybe stick to one side? Uh, I'm honestly I'm never concerned with Josh Norman. I think. I think Hopkins will eat his lunch if nice. he's on him. Well, that takes care of that. <laughs> Enough said. Yes. What do hey, you got, Drew? Josh, a uh, quick question about some uh, some receivers that are playing some some bad defenses. Alshon Jeffries playing the 32nd-ranked pass defense, and John Brown's playing the 31st. Both these guys get a lot of targets, but recently the yards just haven't been there. Uh, out of those two guys who are playing bad defenses, which one are you leaning towards? I would lean toward Alshon Jeffrey because he's going to be in the shootout game. And I think I think Jeffrey's got a chance to just go off today, and I'm talking like you know 130 yards and two scores kind of go off where he would win your week for you. So I really like him. John Brown is an excellent play this week. I love him. I'm glad you brought him up because you you mentioned the right thing. The yards are there, the targets are there. Like he's getting the work, and it just hasn't been efficient. So this week we get a quarterback change. We get Lamar Jackson, and. I think that's great for John Brown. Lamar Jackson is the perfect guy that, that's going to suck some defenses up with running ability. If he can get a couple of deep connections with John Brown, John Brown could eat this week. I love that call. Well, I was curious. I was going to ask you what you thought about the Lamar Jackson move. And as far as I know that uh, Flacco has been averaging, I believe it's 44, leading the league as far as attempts per game. How, where do you see Jackson as far as attempts and rushes? Do you think that – you know, he's an 8 to 10 rush guy and about 30, 35 attempts. Is that where you see him around? I honestly think that they're going to rotate the two players. And they talk about Lamar Jackson starting. I think that may be a very specific term in that he starts the game and they play Robert Griffin the third a lot more than they actually play Jackson. So I would not use Jackson anywhere this week. I'm very concerned about Baltimore doing something different than what we're thinking they're doing. Because, you know, John Harbaugh's fighting for his job right now. And he's trying to win ball games, and I think he's going to try to do the more conservative game to win ball games. He's trying to be a little bit more um, if he, um, obscure about what they're actually going to do when they have the ball. So I think it's, it's probably going to be more Griffin than we think. Uh, but I still like John Brown, despite all of that. We're on the line with Josh ADHD from Fantasy Insiders and Roto Grinders. People all ask me all week long on private messages, man, where do you get all these stats? Where do you get all this expert analysis? Things like that. My life makes is way easier using Josh's tools that he has over at Roto Grinders. Tell the people a little bit more about it. Yeah, so we have a, a my tool that's over at Roto Grinders is what we call a player usage tool, and so it measures snaps, it measures statistics across. You know, certain weeks of the season, you can you can select weeks on and off. You can choose what section of the season we want to look at. We also look at uh, where receivers run their reps from, so whether it be the flank or the slot or running out of the backfield, and what their productivity is on those in those different alignments. And then we have a QB pressure tool that we use to look at you know what offenses uh, what offensive lines allow from a hurry rate perspective, what defensive lines create. 
from blown blocks, from hurry rate, and, and a matchup visualization that shows what the matchup is for the coming week. And, you know, whether it's a good matchup, a bad matchup based on offensive and defensive line play. So that's, it's super helpful. I, you know, I, um, selfishly speaking, I built the tools for myself, but I'm so proud of them that I want to share them with other people. And that's why they're up on Rotor Grinders and Fantasy Insiders. That's awesome. And guys, you can follow Josh at Fantasy ADHD. Give him a, he's a great follow on Twitter. You know, Maybe he'll be nice if you shoot him a fantasy question. Maybe he'll answer it. Maybe he won't, but he's a good follow uh, anyway. So check him out. Definitely reach out on Twitter. Check out all his picks. And uh, he's going to join us every week, guys. He's with us every Sunday here to help you guys. So, you know, make sure you call in and, and you get that help if you need it. So thanks again for joining us, Josh. And we look forward to catching up with you next week. Now, thanks for having me, fellas. Let's go make some money. Let's do it. Peace, Josh. All right, guys, we're up against a break here, so we will be back. We'll hit the rest of the games. We'll go through uh, Jerry's picks, and I'll get out my flex picks. You're listening to Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. Walk, talking like a boss, I just lift a hand. Three million cash, call me Rain Man. Money like a shower, that's my rain dance. And we all in black, like it's gangland. Say the wrong words, you be hangman. Why me stick to you like a spray tan? Uh. Mr. What kind of car you in? In the city, love my name. Gotta say, she can get a taste. She can get a taste. What did it say? It's all the same like Mary Kate. She can get a taste. Let you get a taste. Do you love the taste? Yeah, that's cool, but he ain't like me. A lot of girls like me, wanna fight me. Get your check like a check night. This is Nolan Ryan. You're listening to Houston's best sports talk, ESPN 97.5.